build on the foundation. Glory be to Jesus. We need materials that can enable us to build on the foundation. But as we look into that this morning, I'd like us to look at these foundations of successful marriage. And we begin with types of marriage. Types of marriage. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Types of marriage. There are two types of marriage. We have what is called divine marriage and we have what is called earthly marriage. Divine marriage and earthly marriage. Divine marriage and earthly marriage. Every time you look at Genesis chapter 2 marriage, that's the marriage that God himself consummated. That's called divine marriage. Marriage that God initiated. Marriage when God looked at Adam and said, it is not good for you to be alone. I will make help meet for you. So the concept of marriage originally flowed from God. Anything we want to do, the concept matters so much. The concept matters so much. Where has it flowed from? Where has it flowed from? Recently, a brother said to me, I said, why is it that you are, you have not, uh, you are not considering getting settled to get married? He said, the person that he wanted to marry began to look elsewhere and when he saw that, he put the sister off. He said, but now, I'm waiting on, I've sent message to the people in the village to look for uh, a girl uh, so that as soon as they find somebody, uh, you will get settled. So it's the people in the village that will look for a girl. So you realize how people can still be in such ignorance of darkness. So when people brings a lady from village, it's the village people that will also live with both of them in the house. So you see where concept is flowing from. And after some time, you will just suddenly wake up and say, go back to your people in the village. Because it's the people in the village that brought her. Divine marriage does not flow from people matchmaking. It doesn't flow even from our own. It flows as we receive from God. That's a divine marriage. It's God that knows someone, a partner, that must be our partner. It's God that knows. Why? He's our creator. And marriage is like co-creating. Or marriage is bringing someone alongside you who is going to fit in. Who is going to fill a vacuum as we learned last week. So the concept of marriage is not what you try to initiate by yourself. It has to be from God. And do you know something? As simple as this is, in our time, we realize now that it is becoming more terrible that 
people are confused about how to enter into marriage. It is God who must initiate. It's God who must say, this is the fellow. So, we have a divine marriage, the marriage God himself started. And we have what is called earthly marriage. Earthly marriage. Marriage that is earthly is what is called necessary evil. Have you had people say to you that, well, marriage is necessary evil. They are just there. They just have to have marriage. But yet, it is not bringing them fulfillment of purpose. They call it unavoidable entanglement. So they just live together. No fulfillment. No joy. They are not carrying out the purpose of God for their lives. Why? That marriage is Genesis chapter 3 marriage. Because marriage requires a third party. And the only third party that marriage requires is spiritual party. Very important. So your marriage cannot function without a third party because marriage is spiritual. So the divine marriage has a third party that is God. The earthly marriage has a third party which is the devil. So as soon as the devil came in Genesis chapter 3, he sent God away out of their marriage. So their marriage became what the devil began to rule over. So the question is that who is the spiritual third party? And that's why when marriage is going to be successful, solid building plan must be put in place. So very quickly, we are going to look at foundation of successful marriage. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 23, Genesis chapter 2 verse 23, Adam said to Eve, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Now, when you say this is the bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh, what you are simply saying is that this is nothing different from me. Did you establish that last week? That there is no difference between us and our spouses in marriage. When I look at my wife, who am I seeing? Myself. When my wife look at herself, who is she seeing? She's seeing, uh, look at me, who is she seeing? She's seeing herself. So, we must come to a point that we realize that marriage has to begin with bone of the bone, flesh of the flesh, and then that is where love begins from. Because you care about yourself. You love yourself. Anytime you hear about selfishness in marriage, you realize that fundamental error is there. You can't be selfish in marriage. You can't think about yourself in marriage if marriage is right. Why? Because anything you have is what your wife has. You see marriages that you see they, they use the husband will begin, they will be telling the husband I've heard about that before. Go and use your siblings as nest of kin. What an error. How can you be in marriage and then they will ask you who is your next of kin? 
You can't put your wife there. People buy properties in marriage. They buy lands. They, they, they put their... They can't put the, their name, put the name of themselves and their wives together. So you realize that it is a fundamental error. You should be safe. There is nothing a man has that is not does not belong to his wife. There is nothing a wife should have that does not belong to the husband. As a matter of fact, a man should be able to own property in the name of his wife. Because normally a man should not pray that he would die before his wife. Or that his wife would die before him. Rather, I don't know whether you understand that. So, your wife is like your first successor. Someone who is going to like take care when you leave. So, what is in there if I buy a property and I put my wife's name, but because we know that, see, this marriage is not safe. Anything can happen at any time. We have not borne our boats. We are not seeing ourselves as one flesh, bone of the bone, flesh of the flesh. In marriage, you burn the boat. There is no need to look back. To There is no option B for the marriage that God starts. God did not tell them that a time is going to come that, oh, you are going to be apart. No, marriage is for life. It's forever until death do us part. So I don't have an option B. Whatever that comes, it comes. We are going to go together. That's how God wants us to see marriage. And you see something? A moment we understand that marriage, there is no option B, you realize that we will not make provisions for what we know in that marriage. You are together. No matter what happens. This is important. This is important. So, Adam in Genesis chapter 2 verse 23 gave glory to God. For what? For meeting his need. It was not infatuation. It was not just romantic love. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. That drew Adam to him. It was Adam's sin. Is a, 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 an identity of himself in his wife. Can you imagine how many of us actually entered into marriage like that and it becomes obvious to know that no, this lady and this lady and this lady, this is the lady or this is the man that God has showed me that <laughs> is the other version of me. That's marriage. So you realize that it must not be something that is based on how you feel, based on your emotion, but it has to be based on something very important. It is based on God making you to know that this is your person. Hallelujah. So every time we need to now talk about foundation in marriage, the first matter we need to look at is love. Is love. Love is very critical to the stability, to the strength, to the lasting of marriage. When you take love out of any equation of relationship, that relationship crumbles. Any kind of relationship. Relationship is sustained by love. 
even in friendship where love is missing every other evil can come in love is very important love is very important and this love that we are talking about is agape love naturally a man is selfish a man thinks about himself but love first think about the other every time you think about love that flows from god you don't think first of all about yourself you think about another so this is important through love that we are talking about we echo john chapter 3 and verse 16 for god so loved the world so talks to us about the magnitude of that love there should be no limitation to the love a spouse should give to another we should be able to love so much for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son only begotten son has to do with not just love so much but gave only begotten son he gave all that he has love that cannot give all that he possesses is not a correct love when you are in love you give your all when you are in love you give your all i don't know whether you understand that so when you are in love you don't keep back you don't keep back you give your all and he said god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son those whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life so love is demonstrated in so much love is demonstrated in what you give and love is given in order to help another so every time you love what you are doing is that i am making impact in this person's life and i see marriage as the first and primary place to make impact make impact see if somebody will not make any impact in the world if you are going to make impact on your spouse it's a powerful impact love is important romans chapter 5 verse 8 the bible says but god demonstrates his own love love cannot be by mouth it has to be by demonstration we don't love by words we love indeed but god demonstrates his own love toward us so in marriage we demonstrate love we begin to find out how do i demonstrate it there are things that you do that shows that you love the same with god there are things we can't say we love god by mouth we demonstrate it by our action and look at something here he said that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. One of the things, one of the reasons marriages are mostly affected is when we begin to think that our spouse should harm his or her love. It is what you do that determines how I love you. It's an error. Why? It wasn't we were not good people when Christ died for us. We were not nice people. We were not obedient people. As a matter of fact, he came to his own. His own received him not. 
he came to his own, his own rejected him. Yet he loved them. Every time we relate even with people based on how they have done to us and say, okay, I'm just going to be good to you if you are good to me. Then you are not exhibiting, demonstrating, you don't have yet the love of Jesus. No character of another person should determine your goodness. When what you do, for instance, you are in the church now, if everything that we do is determined by whatever any other person is doing, you realize that you don't love. You don't have the love of God. Those who have the love of God are not moved by the response of others. They are moved by what they give. There are people around you that you know that they are unthankful, they are ungrateful. How many of us have been ungrateful to God? How many of us have been unthankful to God? Who among us can say we are honing the love of Jesus? You are working as I am now is what I do. That's the reason God loves me. No. If God should measure what, who I am now to determine whether he's going to love me, I can never be qualified for it. So why do we allow the attitude, the response of other people to determine how we love. But do you know something? The reason is because you try to love in the flesh. And it's never possible to love in the flesh. You can't love in the flesh. Please take note of that. I can never love in the flesh. For instance now, if Rodami is doing something, trying to be nice to me, and I'm trying not to be nice to him, I'm not reciprocating. If, we, if he's not doing it, from the angle of the spirit, it will get tired. The next thing that flesh will say is that, uh, uh, why must you be doing that when he can't be doing this to you? That's flesh speaking. I don't know whether you understand that. But do you know the test of love, where we pass it? It is when it is not convenient. That is real love. Real love is released when that person does not deserve it. And you are giving it. That's how to show you love. If love is not costing you, if it is not painful, if it, is, if it comes to you so easily, then definitely you should know that you are only responding to what you are receiving. Love does not just receive, love gives. So every time you look at love, it's demonstrated. That's what Romans chapter 5 verse 8 is saying to us. I demonstrate love by and not just because he's qualified, she's qualified, I have love in me and I just have to release love. I have love in me. Don't expect people to be perfect around you. Don't expect people to be perfect bef be before you show them love. Don't be selective in love. Excuse me, love everybody. If we cannot do that, you realize that in marriage it is going to be difficult to love. And you know, Every time you find it difficult to love in marriage, you are actually expecting so much from your partner. Marriage is not a place of expectation. It's a place of manifestation. Every time you expect so much, you can always be disappointed. But you enter with the mindset that I'm not expecting. I am releasing. So when it comes, glory be to God. And when it doesn't come, 
you know this is my assignment. God has brought me into the life of my spouse to love my spouse. You know something? When you are committed to that, it might not be appreciated now. Your spouse know. First John chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. First John chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. He said, herein is love. See, he's saying to us that this is where you can see love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. We don't love him, but that he loved us and has sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins to help us. Come in the place of our sin. Come as a sacrifice. Come for atonement. Come just to help us. We didn't love him, but God loved us. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, what do we ought to do? We ought also to love one another. That's why any family where love rules, it is very easy for such children that we grow in that family to love. The training ground for character development of our children is our home. If we are going to raise selfish children, it's going to be determined by our marriage. If we are going to raise impatient children, children that we come up in life, they will not be able to wait. They just want something quick, 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 quick. And you know that that's dangerous. They see it. Mommy is not having patience with daddy. Daddy is not having patience with mommy. So you realize that certain character development, they are shaped without telling our children by mouth. They are just passed across because of the atmosphere of our home. So if God for instance, if we have loved one another as husband and wife, you realize that what is going to happen? Our children will grow to understand the language of love. They will know that they themselves are loved. There is a saying that we are to elephant fight. It is the grass that is there that suffers. So when you see children who are looking for love, they are not really, you know, they, they, are, they yearn for love from outside. Approval of people. to show. They have never found a home where love is demonstrated. So marital love includes the feelings, the longings, the loving actions, romance, and sincerity of purpose, labors in ministry, love of God, hospitality, submissiveness, honor and respect, mutual understanding, heavenly vision, and commitment to well-being of both of them, whether in the closet or in the public. So, in marriage, it is love that brings us together and cleaves us and makes us to become one. Anywhere, love turns what is different to become whole. In the church, when love is missing, that is when we find division. What is division? Division is, begins with separation. Isn't it? Yeah. 
You just have to, you just have, you can't be divided and be together. I be mathematicians. Huh? If I want to divide uh, four by two, I be, uh, then definitely what is going to happen, they, they have to be separated. This has to be two and two. So where you see love, where love is just operating, there is no separation. In any organization where you see love, the organization is one. That's why in this place, you know, we said we speak one language and we are one. Emphasis on one. If Pastor Inka is making that emphasis, I'm making that emphasis, making emphasis, you realize that the emphasis is oneness. Take oneness out of everything. You have everybody doing the way they like. No love again. That's what I want us to really emphasize in our marriage. And you know, we can bring that to anything we do. Oneness is very important. We achieve oneness by love. We achieve oneness by love. And if anybody tells you that love is convenient, it is not. Love is not convenient. It is only convenient when the spirit of the Lord is prevailing inside of you. Love believes all things. If you are looking at, is it 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that is talking about love? So you realize that if there is going to be revival in the body of Christ, there is going to be revival in marriage. We must go back to the fundamental truth, which is love. And then, the question is, how can I love? I can't love if I don't have the love of God within me. That's how I can love. Love is not automatic. It's not what I can just... It's love is spiritual. That's why the Bible says God is love. So how do you love from somebody who does not carry God. So that means the more I grow in Christ, in God, the more I can manifest love. I can't, I can't just go and study how to love. I can read books on how to love, but when the practicality of love comes, I will fail. So how can I develop the capacity to love? I must develop my relationship daily with God. Flesh must be dying in me. Christ must be prevailing in me. Then I don't need to be asking, how can I love? Because love is living in me. Love is dwelling in me. Even when I don't want to love, I find myself loving. Not now that, how can I love? When you don't even want to love, you realize that you just find yourself loving. Every spirit of selfishness May the Lord quench such spirit in our lives. Excuse me, let us love one another. Let us love one another. The best gift you can give to anyone is to love the person. The best gift. And let me tell you, everyone is looking for how to be loved. Whether they love back or not. Isn't it? Even in marriage, some of us know that in marriage, when you know that you have grace, probably to love your spouse, and your spouse seems to be focusing on self, yet your spouse will expect that you love. 
Isn't it? So you realize that you just have to have the capacity to love. Everything we walk, where love is working. Everything we walk, where love is working. Everything we walk, where love is working. Let's pray for the spirit of love. When the love of God operates in us, we will not be able to be moved by the weaknesses of our spouses. We will return love for it. Do you know something? I've realized that where love is at work, weakness becomes weak. Weakness becomes weak. I don't see the weaknesses of my wife. She has weaknesses. My wife doesn't see my weaknesses. I have many of them. So focus has not been on weaknesses. And I realize that that's one of the things that robs us of our joy. Anywhere you are, focus on people's weakness and you can't make your relationship work. And everyone has one weakness or the other. You are not, you, everyone has one weakness. So you have one weakness or the other. In marriage, one of the things we have is that somebody thinks is very strong. Is the other that is a weak vessel. So you focus on these are the things. Is, 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 those are the weaknesses. And a weak person is the person who thinks is very strong. He's very weak. He cannot even be strong. So a moment, if the, the equation of marriage is going to work in such a way that I know that, okay, I have weakness. My wife is, I'm not focusing on the weakness of my wife. My wife is not focusing on my weakness. So you realize that with that, we are going to be able to make this, make it to work. Make it to work. Make it to work. Let's receive the grace of God. Let's receive the grace of God. What is the grace we are asking for this morning? The grace of love. The grace of love. Lord, kindle in us a new fire of love. Lord, kindle in me the new fire of love. A new fire of love. A new fire of love. A new fire of love. Shali Brahash. Kraba debe debelina shkebabarados. Kerakato pregedisce babantolia. Imprande le cosce nemenente. Lika baba nendo pregedo shalita. Inta baraco sopra libra hadia. Endege de parala shema mama zobraha. Ragaya daba katetetelia. Zebrege de bebo shebabara lebredi. Inte picuto pica cana paradisa. Nene nemenche de belia. Ico. Berebela teke la dosha Liko tope ketaka baraga diba anteli Nene nempi kushe da babaya Ile proko topi ketaka karaga doshe namanda Inte braga debelenken ton proko toza Ike la da barabaya katabara badoshe teli Leya da bababababababa katalarabaya katalia Inta braga dishe namante kelebaya Ito kope debe debe 
Oh, Jesus, help us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Let's get set in the power encounter service.